Act Two of A Bill of Divorcement by Clemence Dane. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act Two. The curtain rises on Margaret's drawing room. It is prettily furnished in a gentle, white walled, watercolor and gold frame fashion, and is full of flowers. In one corner is a parrot in a cage and near it Miss Fairfield's armchair and footstool and work-table. The fireplace has a white sheepskin in front of it, and brass fire-irons. On the mantelpiece is a gilt clock in many photographs. At right angles to the fire a low empire couch runs out into the room. There is a hint of Sydney in the ultra-modern cushionry with which it is piled. As the curtain goes up, Bassett is showing in Gray Meredith. They're still at lunch, sir. Gray, glancing at the clock. They're late. It's the visitor, sir. He's kept them talking. Visitor? Yes, sir. A strange gentleman. Will you take coffee, sir? I may as well go in and have it with them. The mistress said, would you not, sir? She'd come to you. Oh, very well. I'll tell Miss Sidney you've come, sir. Gray, lifting his eyebrows. Tell Mrs. Fairfield. Miss Sidney said I was to tell her too, sir, quietly. Is— He checks an impulse to question the servant. All right. Thank you, sir. She goes out, leaving the door open. There is a slight pause. Margaret comes in hurriedly, shutting the door behind her. Gray, smiling. Well, what's the mystery? Gray, he's come back. Who? Hillary. Hillary? What Hillary? Hillary. Yes. Good God. He got away. He came straight here. I found him with Sidney. Don't be frightened. I'm here. Is he dangerous? No, no, poor fellow. You can't be sure. Anyway, I'd better take charge of him while you phone the asylum. No, that won't do. There are no trains. We must ring up the police. Oh, no, Gray. It's not pleasant, but it's the only thing to do. You don't understand. There's only one way to deal with an escaped lunatic. But he's not. He's well. What's that? He's well. He knows me. He— I don't believe it. Do you think I want to believe it? Oh, what a ghastly thing to say. This has nothing to do with you. He has nothing to do with you. Leave me to deal with him. He goes toward the door. Where are you going? Phoning for Dr. Alliot to begin with. Sidney's done that already. Sidney's head's on her shoulders. He'll be here as soon as he can. He could always manage Hillary. You'd better go up to your room. No. Don't take it too hard. It'll be over in an hour. We'll get him away quietly. But it's no good, Gray. He's well. We've been on to the asylum already. They say we should have heard in a day or two, even if he hadn't got away. Really well? The old Hillary. Voice and ways and... Oh, my God, what am I to do? Do? You? Don't you see? He knows nothing. His hair's grey, and he talked as he talked at twenty. It's horrible. What do you mean, he knows nothing? About the divorce. About you and me. He thinks it's all as he left it. You've said nothing? He's like a lost child come home. Do you think I want to send him crazy again? He— You've said nothing? Not yet. You'll come away with me at once. 
I can't. I've got to think of Hilary. You've got to think of me. I am you, but I've done him so much injury. You've done Fairfield injury, you little saint. Saint? I'm a wicked woman. I'm wishing he hadn't got well. I'm wishing the doctors will say it's not true. In my wicked heart I'm calling down desolation on my own husband. You have no husband. You're marrying me in a week. You're mine. I'm afraid. Whose are you? Answer me. Yours. You know it? I know it. Then never be afraid again. No, not when you're here. I'm not afraid when you're here. But I must be good to Hilary. You see that? What good is good to him, poor devil? At least I'll break it gently. Gently? That's just like a woman. All you can do for him is to come away now. How can I? He's got to be told. Then let me tell him. No, no, from you. Just from you it would be wanton. I won't have cruelty. We'll go straight up to town and get married at once. That'll settle everything. You mustn't rush me. I've got to do what's right. It is right. There's nothing else to be done. You can't stay here. No, I can't stay here. Don't let me stay here. Come with me. The car's outside. You say Elliot will be here in ten minutes. Leave him a note. He's an old friend as well as a doctor. Let him deal with it if you won't let me. Oh, can't you see that I must tell Hilary myself? Women are incomprehensible. It's men who are uncomprehending. Can't you feel that it'll hurt him less from me? It'll hurt him ten thousand times more. But differently. It's the things one might have said that fester. At least I'll spare him that torment. He shall say all he wants. I suppose the truth is that there's something in the best of women that enjoys a scene. That's the first bitter thing you've ever said to me. Can't you see what it does to me to know you are in the same house with him? For God's sake, come out of it. Margaret, close to him. I want to come, now, this moment. I want to be forced to come. That settles it. Margaret, eluding him. But I mustn't. Don't you see that I mustn't? I can't leave Sydney to lay my past for me. Your past is dead. It's ghosts awake and walking. Meg! Meg! Margaret, clinging to him. Listen, it's calling to me. Meg, where are you? It's too late. I'm too old. I shall never get away from him. I told you it was too good to be true. Listen to me. I am going home now. There are orders to be given. I must get some money and papers. But I shall be back here in an hour. I give you just that hour to tell him what you choose. After that, you'll be ready to come. If... if I've managed... There's no if. You're coming. Am I coming, Gray? Hilary, entering from the hall. Meg, Sydney said you'd gone to your room and... Hello. What's this? Who's this? Doctor, huh? Uh, I've been expecting them down on me. To Gray. It's no good, you know. I'm as fit as you are. Any test you like. Mr. Meredith called to see me, Hilary. He's just going. Oh, sorry. He walks to the fire and stands warming his hands, but watching them over his shoulder. Gray, at the door, in a low voice to Margaret. I don't like leaving you. You must. It's better. But come back quickly. You'll be ready? I will. Gray goes out. Who's that man? His name's Gray Meredith. And what's he doing here? He's an old friend. 
I don't know him, do I? It's since you were ill. It's the last five years. He's in love with you. I tell you the man's in love with you. Do you think I'm so dazed and crazed I can't see that? You shouldn't let him, Meg. You're such a child. You don't know what you're doing when you look and smile. I do know. She stands quite still in the middle of the room, her head lifted, a beautiful woman. Hilary, staring at her. Lord, I don't wonder at him, poor brute. Still staring. Meg, you've changed. Yes, Hilary. Well, taller, more beautiful, and, and yet I, I miss something. Yes, Hilary. Something you used to have, you know, kind, uh, a kind way with you. Well, the, the child's got it. Sydney, my daughter Sydney, you know, she's more you than you are. You, you've grown right up, you know, um, away, beyond me, haven't you? Yes, Hilary. But I'm going to catch up. You'll help me to catch up with you, Meg. She doesn't answer. Meg, wait for me. Meg, where are you? Why don't you hold out your hands? I can't, Hilary. My hands are full. <laughs> what, Sydney? She'll be off in no time. She told me about the boy, um, what's his name? Kit, already. It's not Sydney. What? Huh? What are you driving at? What are you trying to tell me? What's changed you? Why do you look at me sideways? Why do you flinch when I speak loudly? And Yes, and when I kissed you, it's that man. He goes up to her and takes her by the wrist, staring into her face. Uh, is it true? You? I've done nothing wrong. I'm trying to tell you. I only want to tell you and make you understand. Hillary, fifteen years is a long time. Yes, I suppose it's a long time for a woman to be faithful. That's it. That's the whole thing. If I'd loved you, it wouldn't have been long. Well, you did love me once. Did I? Once? I don't know. There is a silence. What do you expect me to do? Forgive you? There's nothing to forgive. Oh, so much, Hillary, to forgive each other. But not that. Divorce you, then? Because I'll not do that. I'll have no dirty linen washed in the courts. Hillary, I divorced you twelve months ago. What? 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 I divorced you. You're... You're mad! You couldn't do it! You've no cause! Oh, do, do you think I'm to be put off with your lies? Am I a child? You've no cause! Oh, oh I, I see what you're at. You, you want to confuse me. You want to put a wool over my eyes. You, you want to drive me off my head. Drive me mad again. You devil. You devil. You, you, you shan't do it. I've got friends. Sydney. Where's that girl? Sydney. Pastor. All of you. Come here. Come here, I say. Sydney opens the drawing room door. Mother, what is it? She enters, followed by Miss Fairfield. To Hillary. What are you doing? You're frightening her. No, uh, no, no, you, you're not on her side. You're, you're, you're little Sydney. Kind. My Sydney. Uh, well, well, what did you say? Go slow, huh? Keep your hand here, huh? Cool. Cool. Then as Sydney, breaking from him, makes a movement to her mother. Oh, stand away from that woman. Sydney, humor him. Oh, what was I calling you for, huh? Oh, oh yes, yes, a riddle. 
I, I, I've got a riddle for you. There, 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 there was a man at that, at that place. He used to ask riddles. The, the, mo the moon told him to him. And just such a, a white face whispering out of the blue lies. He couldn't find the answers. Sent him off his head. But uh, I, 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 I know, I know the answer. When, when's a wife not a wife, huh? Want to know the answer? Pointing to Margaret. When she's this, this, this. She's poisoning me. Now, Hillary, Hillary. Sydney, come here. I'll, 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 I'll tell you. Sydney stands torn between the two. What have you done to him, Margaret? I've told him the truth. God forgive you. I, I tell you she's pouring poison into my ear. You remember that fellow in the play, huh? And, and, and his wife? Well, that, that, that's what she's done. If, it, if I told you what she said to me, you'd think I was mad. And then that, that, that's, what, that, that's what she wants you to think. She, she, want, she wants to get rid of me. She's got a tame cat about the place. And I, I, I'm in the way. And so she comes to me, huh? Do you see? And tells me. What do you think? She says she's not my wife. Huh? What do you think of that? You may well ask. Margaret, to Sidney. He won't listen. Sit down, darling. You're shaking. He's always had these rages. It's my fault. I began at the wrong end. Hilary, it's not—I'm not what you think. Then what was that man doing in my house? In a week, I'm going to marry him. Do you hear her? To me she says this. Is she mad or am I? I tell you, there's been a law passed. No need for him to know that now, Margaret. Of course he has to know. Not now. I don't know what you mean, Aunt Hester. Let us rather thank God that he has come back in time. In time? In time? To snatch a brand from the burning. I'm a free woman. I've got my divorce. Whom God hath joined, let no man put asunder. I'm a free woman. I'm going to marry Grey Meredith. This is a trap. Sidney! Is this talk for a young girl to hear? Sidney, you're to fetch Grey. Uh, if, if he comes here, I'll, I'll, I'll kill him. Margaret, catching Sidney back. No, no, do you hear him? Oh, what am I to do? It's all right, mother. We'll manage somehow. Bassett, entering. Dr. Elliot is in the hall, ma'am. Ask him to come in here at once. Dr. Elliot trots in. He is a pleasant, roundabout, clean little man, with a twinkling face and brisk, chubby movements of the hands. He is upright, and his voice is strong. He wears his seventy-odd years like a good joke that he expects you to keep up, in spite of the fact that he is really your own age, and understands you better than you do yourself. But behind his comfortable manner is a hint of authority which has its effect, especially on Hilary. What's all this, I hear? Well, well, good afternoon, Mrs. Fairfield. Good afternoon, Miss Fairfield. Merry Christmas, Sidney. Now then, for him, welcome back, Fairfield. Welcome back, my boy. It's, um, it's old Elliot, isn't it? Your memory's all right, I see. Uh, I suppose they sent for you. Well, well, you see, you've arrived rather unconventionally. I've been in touch with... That place? Why, yes. You may have to go back, you know. Formalities, formalities. Oh, I, I don't mind. I'm, I'm well. I'm well, Elliot. I, I'm, I'm not afraid of what you'll say. I'm not afraid of any of you. 
well 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 that sounds hopeful uh, but I, I can't go yet doctor only for a day or two oh it's my wife i lost my temper i i, I do lose my temper it it means nothing go slow huh my wife's ill doctor she she's not right in her head ah hillary with a wave of his hand so are the rest of them mad as hatters hmm hillary checked glances at him keenly a moment <laughs> you're thinking that's a delusion between you and me it's a common one <laughs> we know don't we served in the same shop huh only the counter between us well well but look here she says she's not my wife oh oh that's the trouble she says she's not my wife it's a hard case fairfield what do you mean by that it's the old wisdom of the scapegoat it is expedient how does it go expedient it is expedient that one man should die for the people that's it a hard word but a true one what has that got to do with me well the situation is this there is no situation i married meg i fell ill now i'm well again i want my wife why yes 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 i suppose that's what you call humoring a lunatic why i hope to be convinced fairfield that that trouble is over but but you're going to lock me up again because i want my wife will you let me put the case to you you can put fifty cases it makes no difference sydney at his elbow softly father i'd listen hilary slipping his arm through hers huh sydney that you oh yeah you're not against me sydney nobody's against you we only want you to listen well out with it do you remember can you throw your mind back to the beginning of the agitation against the marriage laws no you were a schoolboy <laughs> deceased wife's sister huh that's the law that lets a man marry his sister-in-law and won't let a woman marry her brother-in-law pretty good that for your side of the counter well well that hardly matters now oh it shows what your rotten muddle-headed laws are worth anyhow sydney pressing his arm father all right go ahead go ahead well as the result of that agitation and remember hilary what thousand thousand tragedies must have had voice in such an outcry a commission was appointed to inquire into the working of the divorce laws it made its report recommended certain drastic reforms and there i suppose as is the way with commissions would have been the end of it if it hadn't been for the war and the war marriages so that's where i come in margaret is that where i come in never i suppose in one decade were so many young marriages happy that's another thing marry in haste they weren't all happy but they were young those boys and girls who married as young as kit and as impatient as sydney and that saved them that young young generation found out out of their own unhappiness the war taught them what peace couldn't teach us that when conditions are evil it is not your duty to submit that when conditions are evil your duty in spite of protests in spite of sentiment 
your duty though you trample on the bodies of your nearest and dearest to do it though you bleed your own heart white your duty is to see that those conditions are changed if your laws forbid you you must change your laws if your church forbids you you must change your church and if your god forbids you why then you must change your god and we who will not change or cannot change stifle like a snake that can't cast its skin grow or perish it's the law of life and so when this young generation yours not mine hilary decided that the marriage laws were i won't say evil but outgrown they set to work to change them you needn't think it was without protest hilary i joined the anti-divorce league myself no it wasn't without protest mrs grandy and the churches are protesting still but in spite of protest no man or woman to-day is bound to a drunkard an habitual criminal or 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 to a partner who is as far as we doctors know but you can't be sure i say as far as we know is incurably insane in practice is insane for more than five years and if he recovers look at me it is expedient oh, and you call that justice at least call it mercy all the days of your life to stand at the window hilary and watch the sun shining on the other side of the road it's hard it's hard on a woman at least call it common sense if a man can't live his normal life it's as if he were dead if he's an incurable drunkard if he's shut away for life in prison but i'm not a drunkard i'm not a convict i've done nothing i've been to the war to fight for her for all of you for my country for this law-making machine that i've called my country and what i've got from it not honorable scars not medals and glory but sixteen years in hell then when i get out again then the country i fought for the laws i fought for the woman i fought for home oh, they say to me well as you've done without her for seventeen years you can do without her altogether oh, the, the, that's what it is when i was helpless they conspired behind my back to take away all i had from me to margaret did did i ever hurt you I'm, didn't i love you didn't you love me I mean, could I help being ill? I mean, what have I done? You died, father. Sidney, don't be cruel. Ah, we cry after the dead, but I've always wondered what their welcome back would be. Well, you know now. I don't say it isn't hard. Oh, you don't say it isn't hard. That's good of you, huh? That's sympathy indeed. And my wife, oh, she's full of it too, isn't she? Poor dear, I was married to him once. I'd quite forgotten. For pity's sake, Hilary. Why face it, man? One of you must suffer. Which is it to be, the useful or the useless, the whole or the maimed, the healthy woman with her life before her, or the man whose children ought never to have been born? Margaret! Is that true, Dr. Elliot? Is that true? I think you go too far. Mrs. Fairfield, in this matter I cannot go too far. For me, at any rate, too far and too fast altogether. Before ladies? It's not nice. It's enough to cool down a judgment. Bassett, entering. Mr. Pomfrey, to see you, ma'am. 
to Sydney. And Mr. Kit? Ah! I can't see anyone. He said, Mom, it was important. Who? Who? The rector. I expect he's heard about you. Oh, I can't see him. I won't see him. Let me go. I've met the Levites. Spare me the priest. He breaks away from them and goes stumbling out at the other door. Sidney, following him anxiously. Father! Dr. Elliot, preventing her. No, no, my child. I'll look after him. He goes out quickly. The rector is an insignificant man with an important manner and a plum in his mouth. He enters with Kit, who is flushed and perturbed. Ah, good afternoon. Mrs. Fairfield. Miss Fairfield. Margaret, mechanically. She is very tired and inattentive. A happy Christmas, Mr. Pumphrey. Ah, just so. Christmas afternoon. An unusual day to call, Mrs. Fairfield, and, I fear, an inconvenient hour. Not at all, Mr. Pumphrey. I can give myself. He takes out his watch. Till 3.15, no longer. The children's service is at 3.30. Margaret, turning to the bell. Mayn't I order you an early cup of tea? Thank you, thank you, no. Busy as I am, I should not have disturbed you. Rector, it is as if you had been sent. Ah, gratifying. I did not see you at morning service, Miss Fairfield. But last night, late last night. Miss Fairfield, with a look at Sydney. 3 a.m., Rector? 3.15, Miss Fairfield. Look here, father. I received certain information from my son. No, you don't, father. I'll have my say first. It's just this, Mrs. Fairfield. Christopher? Christopher? Kit, he is very much in earnest, and he addresses himself solely to Margaret. I want you to know that it has nothing to do with me, Mrs. Fairfield. I don't agree with my father. You wouldn't think it, but I never do. Christopher? Kit, ignoring him. And it was only coming up the drive that he sprung on me why he wanted to see you, or I wouldn't have come. I think Sidney would have been sorry, Kit. Kit, with a touch of his father's manner. Yes, well, Sidney and I have talked it over, and I know I'm going into the church myself, but I think he's all wrong, Mrs. Fairfield. Unconscious of plagiarism. I'm not nineteenth century. But Sidney giggles. Rector, what's the matter with the young man? You see, I'm pretty keen about Sidney, and so naturally, I'm pretty keen about you, Mrs. Fairfield. Miss Fairfield, I'm without words. And I just wanted to tell you that I can't tell you what I think of my father over this business. It makes me wild. Kit, you better shut up. Kit, turning to Sidney. Well, I only wanted her to understand that I'm not responsible for my father. That he's not my own choice, if you know what I mean. They talk aside. His mother's right hand. I don't know what's come over him. A pretty face, Rector. Ah, the very point. I shall be glad to see you alone, Mrs. Fairfield. Not you, of course, Miss Fairfield, but... Er... He glances at Kit and Sidney. Sidney, have you shown Kit all your presents? Sidney, reluctantly taking the hint, but continuing the conversation as they go out. What did you let him come for? Oh, you're no good. The door bangs behind them. Margaret, half smiling. Well, Mr. Pumphrey, I suppose it's about Sidney and Kit. 
mrs fairfield until last night we encouraged we were gratified last night oh the dance i sat up for my son until three fifteen of christmas morning his excuse was your daughter do you take objection to sydney mr pumphrey now my dear lady you mustn't misunderstand me to me then mrs fairfield i beg but in the course of a slight er altercation between christopher and myself it transpired margaret she has been prepared for it i see it's her father i am grieved grieved for you but his illness was no secret my heart mrs fairfield and mrs pumphrey's heart has gone out to you in your affliction when the light of reason then you did know then i don't follow but according to christopher well mrs fairfield is your husband alive or dead my former husband is alive rector with a half deprecating half triumphant gesture out of your own mouth mrs fairfield but you say you knew he was insane but i didn't know he was alive don't be so foolish margaret it's not the insanity it's the divorce when i realized that i had been within a week of remarrying a divorced person why didn't you go to mr meredith mr meredith is er a difficult man to er approach i felt that an appeal to your feelings as a christian as a mother you mean you'll prevent kit marrying sydney it depends on you mrs fairfield i won't let him marry the child of a woman who remarries while her husband is alive but the church allows it winks at it margaret winks is hardly the word then what word would you use mr pumphrey i am not concerned with words but i want to know i care about my church it lets me and it doesn't let me what does it mean i am not concerned with meanings mrs fairfield i am concerned with my own conscience margaret you've no business to upset the rector why don't you tell him that the situation has changed nothing has changed changed my nephew has recovered returned he's in the house now providence it's providence i never knew anything like providence changed indeed miss fairfield my objection goes dear little sydney ah mrs fairfield in a year you and your husband will look back on this an episode as on a dream a bad dream i have no husband ah the remarriage a mere formality simpler still the decree can be rescinded aunt hester knowing his history knowing mine is it possible that you expect me to go back to him he's come back to you a wife's duty i think you're wicked i think you're both wicked mrs fairfield control yourself margaret you do you love your wife mrs fairfield do you mrs pumphrey and i most attached suppose you weren't think of it to want so desperately to feel and to feel nothing do you know what it means to dread a person who loves you to stiffen at the look in their eyes to pity and shudder you should not judge hilary unseen opens the doors and shuts it again quickly 
I? I? There it is. You see, Rector. She doesn't care what she says. Dr. Elliot enters. Dr. Elliot, gravely, holding the door behind him. Margaret, my child. He sees the others, and his voice changes. Hello, Pomfrey. You here still? Well, well, you're cutting it fine. The service. He pulls out his watch, stricken. I'll run you down there if you'll wait a minute. To Margaret, privately, poking a wise forefinger. What you want, my child, is a good cry and a cup of tea. Rector, coming up to Margaret, stiffly. Good day, Mrs. Fairfield. You will not reconsider? I will not. I regret. I regret. To Miss Fairfield. My dear lady, you have my sympathy. I think I left my hat. Miss Fairfield escorts him into the hall. Hilary's coming home with me, Margaret. He wants a word with you first. Can you manage that? Of course. Where is Meredith? He's coming. He's taking me away. Good. The sooner the better. Rector, reappearing at the door. Dr. Elliot, it now wants seven minutes to the half. Coming, coming. See now, you can be gentle with him. Of course. Dr. Elliot, with a keen look at her. Nor yet too gentle. Well, well, God be with you, child. He trots out. Hilary comes in, hesitating. If he is without dignity, he is nevertheless too much like a hectored, forlorn child to be ludicrous. Have they gone? It's all right. I'm... I'm, I'm going to. He waits for her to answer. She says nothing. I'm going. I've got to. I, I see that. He's made me see. Dr. Elliot. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm going to stay with him till I can look around. Uh, he's going to make it right with that, uh, that um, place. I'm glad you've got a good friend, Hilary. <sighs> yes, he's a, he, he, he's a good chap. He's talked to me. Uh, he's uh, made me see. He comes a little closer. He says, uh, and uh, I, 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 I do see. It's too late, of course. His look at her is a petition, but she makes no sign. Um, isn't it? He comes nearer. Yes, it's, uh, it's too late. It, it wouldn't be fair to, to ask you. Again, the look. Um, would it? Oh, Hilary, Hilary. Hilary, encouraged to come closer. No, no woman could be expected. Uh, I mean, you couldn't be expected. Um, she makes no sign. Could you? Repeating his lesson. Uh, it's what he says. Um, you, you, you've made a new life for yourself. He waits. Haven't you? Uh, there's no room in it for me. I, is there? He is close to her. She does not move. So it's just a case of um, saying goodbye and and going, because, um, because I. I quite see. Uh, there, there, there's no chance. Uh, Suddenly he throws himself down beside her, catching at her hands, clinging to her knees. Oh, Meg, 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 is it, isn't there just a chance? Hilary, I can't stand it. Hilary, and from now to the end of the scene, he is at full pelt, tumbling over his words, frantic. 
Yes, yes, but but listen to me, listen to me. Oh, you don't listen. Listen to me. I, I, I've been alone so long. Gray, Gray, why don't you come? I'll, I'll not trouble you. I'll not get in your way. But 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 don't leave me all alone. I mean, give me give me something. Oh, the the rustle of your dress, the the the, the cushion where you've lain, your voice about the house. You. Oh, you you can't deny me such little things I mean, that, that, that you give your servants and, and your dog it's madness oh it's naked need what good should i be to you i don't love you hilary poor hilary i love him i never think of anything but him but it it's me you married you 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 promised you promised huh better or worse in sickness and health you you can't go back on your promise it isn't fair anything's fair you don't know what misery means i'm learning but but you don't know you couldn't leave me to it if you knew why i've never known you to hurt a creature in all your life Re remember the rat hunts in the barn huh the way we used to chaff you and, and the starling and then and then the, the kitten you found why, i've seen you step aside for a little creeping green thing on the path You've never hurt anything. Then how can you hurt me so? You can't have changed since yesterday. It's half my life ago. It's yesterday. It's yesterday. Margaret, with the fleeting courage of a half-caught bird. Yes, it is yesterday. It's how you took me, yesterday. And now you're doing it again. Hilary, catching at the hope of it. Am I? Am I? <sighs> is, is it yesterday? Yesterday come back again? No. No, Hilary, I can't. Oh, no, you can't. You can't leave me. You can't do it to me. You, you can't drive me out the wilderness alone, alone, alone. You can't do it, Meg. You can't do it. You can't. I suppose I can't. Oh, you, 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 you'll stay with me. Oh, God bless you, Meg. God bless you, Meg. God bless you. She resigns her hands to him while she sits, flattened against the back of her chair, quivering a little, like a crucified moth. You mean God help me? Curtain. End of Act Two.